0: Welcome to Demand and Disrupt, the Disability Podcast. Here, we will learn to advocate for ourselves and each other. This podcast is supported with funds from the Advocado Press based in Louisville, Kentucky. Welcome to Demand and Disrupt, a Disability Podcast. I am Kimberly Parsley, and I am here with Lisa McKinley. Hey, Lisa, how you doing?
1: Hey, everybody. How is it going, Kimberly?
0: It's going... But, you know, it's it's just sort of going. I was going to say it's going good, but, you know, it's really not. You know, that happens.
1: <laughs> I know it's been one of those weeks. It seems like it
0: has. It seems like it has. Um, for lots of people, not just me. So, so I'm, uh, we're recording this on election week here in Kentucky. We have off-year elections. No spoilers here. We uh, re-elected Governor Andy Bashir. So, and I went to vote nearby, just down the road.
1: And how was that?
0: I'm trying to think of how it was that won't make me have to have an uh, explicit rating on this podcast episode. It was not good, Lisa. It was not great. It was not great. So, you know, used to, I loved where we used to vote before the pandemic, we'd go down to the fire station in our, you know, kind of neighborhood, our, our community. And they knew me, they had the electronic voting machine ready to go. It was up and running. It was at the fire station. So the kids got to play on the fire truck while me and Michael voted. It was nice. It was great. That has no longer been my experience since 2020. (sighs) So, I go in, and it's like, and these weren't volunteers, okay, because I'm very respectful of volunteer poll workers, but these weren't volunteers. They were actual employees of I don't even know what, but something. When I finally asked, someone said she was uh, an employee of the DMV. I was like, oh, well, that explains why you don't know how to deal with blind people, I guess.
1: So people who should know, they should have well, together.
2: Maybe.
0: Well, there should be training. There should be training and I will complain to the proper authorities. And if anyone knows who I can complain to, please let me know. Um, so, okay, here's what happened. So I go in and, you know, they're like, you know, do you have your ID? Yes. Michael shows him an ID, you know, me and Michael together. And they said, does she have an ID? Yeah. Does she, I said, yes, she does. I said, yes, she does. Of so I, yeah, I hand them my ID and, uh, then so Michael signs a thing and they say, Can she sign her name? And so then I start waving and I'm like, Hello, yeah, she can. She's good. Thanks. So I signed my name. And then they hand me a paper ballot and put, a, a, you know, a, and give me like a pen. And I'm like, No. I said, There should be an electronic uh, ballot or a machine that I can use for that. And she said, Oh, Well, if you want to do that, then we have to go through the process of spoiling this ballot. Or he could just, you know, he being Michael, I guess, he could just help you. And I was like, "Um, no, it's my right to vote independently. So I want to exercise that right. (sighs) Okay. I'm like, gee, sorry I put you out, lady, who's supposedly getting paid to be here. And so then we go over to the electronic voting machine. Which was not plugged in. No one knows how to work it, except wait for it. My husband turns oh. on the machine. Yeah, exactly. Um, boots up the machine and everything, and then the woman says, "Okay, there you go." I was like, "Um, there should be headphones. Like this should be talking. That's sort of the point." <sighs> she sighs again. She goes looking all around. Where's the headphones? Where's the headphones? Now, keep in mind, I've already been here. There wasn't a line, but I've already been here over half an hour, right? And then, so they find the headphones, but they can't find where it plugs in at. So Michael, again, thank God for my husband. I do love him dearly. Finds the place. He's like, you know, I think it's here where this picture of a headphone jack is. I think this panel has to come up. And she was like, okay, nothing. So Michael's like, okay, I'm taking it off. <laughs> so he takes it off and he gets it. And so we plug it in and I use the machine and I vote. And the stu- it's so stupid because now it has to print out a paper ballot. And so now I go to scan the ballot and it said ballot cannot scan because this is a provisional ballot. And the woman's like, why did you cast a provisional ballot? <laughs> and i'm like
1: get out at me uh,
0: yeah and i'm like you set it up <laughs> i mean and so they were like oh no you must have hit something when not me but the the lady you must have hit something when you were you, you know you turned it on it's provisional ballot well i guess we're gonna have to spoil this one so this is this two ballots. like oh yes, it's all my fault. How dare a blind person come in and try to exercise my right as a citizen to vote? You know, this was just really putting a cramp in her back. She was not impressed, not impressed with me being there at all. And Michael and I are sitting there waiting for them to spoil the second ballot and looking at all the different things and all the different ways no one who's disabled can vote in this place. Like, in order to get in the place, like we saw them helping an elderly gentleman in a walker up the step to get into the place. Really, that's not cool. Not cool. There is a ramp in the building, but that's not where they set up the voting machines. You know that the, they're not trying to be—they're not trying to be helpful for people with disabilities at all. And then someone comes in, and then I hear them telling someone, "Now you got to make sure you don't get out of the lines when you're filling that in. You can't get out of that line." And I'm like, okay, what about someone who has like Parkinson's and has tremors, you know, or, or other disabilities where manual dexterity is not, you, you know, is challenging. That's not cool. God help them if they've got to go to the electronic voting machine. So what I ended up doing was just saying, okay, forget it. Michael will fill out my ballot. And never, that's never what that's, you want to do, right? No, that's not what I want to do. And that's not cool. And you know, what pisses me off the most about this is I, when I was 19 years old, the ADA had just passed and there was a whole, can I say shit storm?
1: I'm <laughs> going to say, say sh- ladies and gentlemen, this is Kimberly <laughs> trying to decide whether or not to bite her tongue.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what this is. So, um, yeah, so there was a whole shit storm in the small town where I lived about having to move polling places. Away from where they'd always been, into the schools, because of the ADA. So all these disabled people could have the ramps and get in to vote. And how dare they mess up our politicking and all our fun and our traditions. More than 30 years on, I'm still fighting this fight. I mean, when I was 19, I wrote an article or a letter to the editor in the paper. I went to Frankfurt to talk to the uh, Legislative Research Committee. And 30 years on, this still.
1: And see it it kind of I'm kind of torn in the sense that okay, it should not be this way, right? But at the same time, I realize that we as disabled people are not top of mind awareness to you know who's whoever is setting these things up. But then maybe we should be, but how do we do that? And should we have already arrived there? So um,
0: I would love to have just been an afterthought, but I don't think I was thought of at all. I mean, it's it's annoying to me that everywhere you go, you're I mean, in the course of your day, you're always reminded, you know, the world isn't really set up for you. We'd really rather you not inconvenience with you, uh, inconvenience us with your presence. And I'm I'm fed up with it and I mean I have to I, I needed to take a couple of days to figure out how to channel this rage into a into something that can maybe bring about change. Right. And not just raise my blood pressure.
1: <laughs> well, I am sorry that happened to you. That sucks. I mean, there's no better word that just and you know we deal with that stuff all the time. Like or just it's like what what bothers me is like when they told Michael to, you know, can she sign this? Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Can she do that? Like, <laughs> like, I was just somewhere the other day and the, the, the lady I usually walk with wasn't there. So another lady goes up to my husband and says, so-and-so is not here today. So I'm going to walk with her if that's okay. I'm like, dude you can like address me you know it's
0: just, yeah
1: and i've said that before like and i i used to be really snarky about it when i was younger you know
0: when you had like, the energy for it yeah, yeah like, yeah. like mm-hmm. you know,
1: i'd be at a restaurant someone would say what would she like to drink and i'd say she would like a sprite you mm-hmm. know
0: yes yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's it just it gets so old but you know the, one of the things I think is particularly dangerous about that kind of thing, not maybe dangerous is too harsh a word, but I, the the more that people try to erase you, the more you feel erased. Um, and, you know, that's not cool. That's not cool for us. That's not cool for our kids. That's not cool for, I mean, people with disabilities are like the largest minority. We keep hearing that. So it's not just a few of us. I mean, there's a lot of us and we can't risk being erased. We've got to stand together and make sure that we're seen and that we're heard. Absolutely. Possibly loudly and with expletives, but maybe that's just me. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. It's, you know, and I, you know, you have, I'm trying, I'm starting to embrace this because I've always been the type of person to just, okay, I want to make myself small and not inconvenience anyone, but you know what, 2023, I, I'm going to take my space, you know? There you if go. I oh, awesome.
3: Here, I love it. I
1: am here. You're going to see me. You're going to listen to me. And if that inconveniences you,
0: so be it. Yeah. You know? I love it. I love it. Okay. That makes me happy to hear you say that. It really does. That's good. <laughs> That makes me happy. So speaking of being heard, I'm going to stop ranting now. Well, I mean, I I will still rant, of course. I'll just not do it on this particular episode anymore or this. But uh, speaking of being heard, Lisa, how do you listen to podcasts?
1: Well, I do not subscribe to podcasts, which... I I what I hear is what most people do. They find a po- podcast they really like, and then they subscribe so that you you know you you are aware when new podcasts come out. But I basically ask my Alexa device to play the podcast that I'm interested in. I, I will say, you know, play the latest episode of Dateline, and then
0: really, uh huh,
1: yeah. And and then I can do the same thing with the iPhone. I can ask Siri, play the latest episode of demand and disrupt and she will start playing it for me and but you know if i want to find a new podcast that i like the thing with subscribing i guess and correct me if i'm wrong you can kind of browse and see what kind of podcasts there are that you might be interested in right you
0: you you can with a with a podcast app like on your phone, I assume on the computer too, although that's not how I do it. Um, one of my friends, actually, she was, I mentioned that I was going to be recording for the, uh, the podcast. And she was like, I need to listen to your podcast. How do I do that? I was like, Oh, okay. Well, I was like, you have a podcast app on your phone. Um, and she says, I don't think I do. <laughs> and, I'm- <laughs> and I'm like, I- 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 I'm pretty sure you do. I'm pretty sure you do. So, I thought, you know, it'd be good to just to walk people through. Maybe this is a common thing. Maybe, you know, some people uh, are, would like, you know, like the way that you do it, that would be cool when I'm up moving around the house to be able to listen to a podcast that way. That's not usually how I do it. So, um, certainly the echo devices, or I assume it's the same way with like uh, Google assistant and yeah. I, I don't know what are the others. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I assume it works, you know, pretty much the same way. Um, the way I do it is I use a podcast app. The one I use is called downcast. It's very blind person friendly. It's very voiceover friendly on the iPhone. Um, and I think they have an Android app also, but I'm not totally certain about that, but that's the one I use. There's some others. There's one called overcast. There's one called Castro. I mean, there, there are lots of podcast apps. Um, but you know, if you have whatever phone you have, if you just search for podcast, It'll tell. It'll tell you. I mean, they all come loaded with an app. So then, once you're in that app, you would say search for demand and disrupt, and it would come up. And then once you click on demand and disrupt, there's usually a. I, I think visually, I'm told it's represented as like a plus sign for add, um, usually up in the right hand corner, I think. Or you know, there'll be it- it'll say like uh, subscribe or follow one of those and then you'll just tap on that or double tap whatever and so then you're subscribed and then you'll just go to your podcast app and go to when you you know go up to the top usually and you can like tap on something and it'll refresh your feed and you'll get the newest episodes in there so that's how I do it and now I'm going to try the echo device way
1: it is it is convenient um and you can also ask you know what is a good you you can ask her for podcast recommendations and now in the last week or so um i've noticed it starts giving me updates i'll get this little doo-doo sound on the alexa which means there's a notification it will it will say a new episode of demand and disrupt has posted. Would you like to listen? Really? Yeah.
0: Wow, that's cool. What if you yeah. say no? Can it will it just hold it for later? You could just get and it later?
1: I have said no because I wasn't where I could listen at the moment. I don't really know what it did with it. But at least I know it's available you know it's there. Uh-huh so can go and ask to hear it later.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well that is cool. So um we hope that People have found this useful, this walkthrough of how to, you know, subscribe to podcasts, different ways to listen to podcasts. If you use a different app that we haven't mentioned and you want us to mention this and mention it, or um, you listen to podcasts in a totally different way, let us know. Send us an email at uh demandanddisrupt at gmail.com. Uh, we would love to hear from you. And speaking of hearing from people, we are going to hear my interview with Lindsay Brillhart, she is one of the parents featured in the book, A Celebration of Family, Stories of Parents with Disabilities. So I was uh, privileged to get to talk to her. So here's my interview with Lindsay. So we're here today with Lindsay Brillhart. Hello, Lindsay, and welcome to Demand and Disrupt a Disability Podcast.
3: Hi, Kimberly. How are you doing? I am awesome. I'm glad to do this.
0: Excellent. I am so glad to hear it. Now,
3: you live in where? Where? Tell us where you're, you're from again. I live near Cincinnati, Ohio.
0: Okay. Are you in the Ohio side or the Kentucky side?
3: I'm in, on the Ohio side.
0: Are you? Okay. All right. Well, why don't you go ahead and tell us about yourself and about your disability, Lindsay?
3: Okay. I have... A partner that I've had for fourteen years, and I have a almost thirteen and um and twenty two year old daughters, two girls. Um, Julie is twenty two, and Sarah is, almost thirteen. I talk more about Sarah. Sarah has a more significant disability, um, so I talk a little, a little more about her but um, I love to include my other daughter in everything as well. Um, I have Asperger's syndrome. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. Okay. And so tell me about some of the supports that you need for daily activities due to the Asperger's syndrome.
3: Um, A lot of the supports I need are to just have reminders and keep organized. I'm one of those people. I have a calendar and everything else. But still, some days, we all have it, I just need reminders about things. Uh, like, for example, that my people that come and help me out, they remind me just to make sure that I have everything together for, like, the next day uh, for my family, uh, make sure I get healthy meals. When my daughter Sarah was younger, I didn't have the best healthier meals. And I have healthy meals now, so I can make sure that my Sarah gets everything that she needs because she has a non... My Sarah is um, autistic, nonverbal, and she has cerebral palsy, so she doesn't speak. But we have a PECS, P-E-C-S, a communication system, which basically means we have a book of things that she likes, and she could hand me a picture... For example, there's a picture of mashed potatoes, and it has, it's a picture of mashed potatoes, and it says mashed potatoes on the bottom. And she likes mashed potatoes, so she can hand me the picture and say, Mom, I want mashed potatoes in that type of way. And she does make noises and things like that. And we're learning with her videos. She loves to watch, um, infra, cartoons and stuff like that. But it's smart cartoons like for example, um, one of the cartoons says, Do you know this letter? And my Sarah makes this noise like, mmm, it's something close to that. And we're like, Good, you know how do you know what that letter is? She knows her letters. She's in seventh grade. So
0: Okay. Uh
1: huh. Learning
3: so she's learning a lot um, uh through the videos and things that she watches
0: hmm okay so what other things have you had to
3: do to adapt to sarah um i've had to learn how to parent her when you parent a daughter that is um autistic non-verbal um you don't know how to parent them at first and with my julie my julie is totally verbal um and can be on her own she lives with my mom because my family went through some rough times. We're doing better now, but we went through some rough times. And Julie decided to stay at my mom's house. She has a bedroom at my house, but she prefers to stay with my mom. But I get to see her a lot. I, like yesterday, we went to lunch yesterday before I took Julie to work. I mm-hmm. I drove her, but she took me to lunch and things like that. So we do get to go out. But um, I, do, I get a lot of the extra supports for... Um, doing things with Sarah because I have never been with a child that has that's nonverbal um, so I get some extra supports with her.
0: Well that that's great. And um, so tell me about Sarah. does she go to public school? Is she in a different program?
3: Sarah goes to a special school in the beginning, Sarah went to a public school that had a autistic program. And in different states, they have different things. And I've learned this recently that Sarah's in a level four. So basically it's a school, sorry. So basically it means that Sarah's in the school with about uh, 30 kids that have different kinds of special needs. And it's all special needs and they're integrated in different ways for those kids.
0: Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. And she's doing
3: well there and thriving? She is doing well there. and so Yes.
0: Excellent. I'm glad to hear it. Now you are featured in the book, a celebration of family uh, stories of parents with disabilities. And one of the things you talk about is when you were pregnant with, uh, with Julie, your first child, you were afraid she would be taken away from you. Yes. Um, do you want to, do you want to talk a little about that?
3: Okay, I have a dad and a grandfather that were, that were in the medical community, and they thought that I couldn't parent her. So what I did before I had her, um, is they wanted me to go through a parenting course, which I had a pretend baby for about a week or two weeks, and I had to. Uh, and when I got this pretend baby. I got diapers, I got bottles, I got everything to take care of this baby, and I had to learn to take care of her. And it was a fake baby, and it was recorded like everything I did well with her and everything, uh, the baby, everything I did well with that baby. And um, I did very, very well. So then I got to prove to my family that it was something good for me.
0: And the reason you were worried about that is because – uh, there was a law on the books in Ohio that uh, the the state could take children away from parents with disabilities.
3: Right? Absolutely, and they work and they have worked since that since that and that was oh my goodness a while ago, almost twenty years ago. They're working on making it better. Doctor Kara Ayers and she's in the book as well has done a lot of work, and I haven't done as much work with that. I've done a lot of other work, um, but the work that I do now is to, to do with that is to um, talk to people that are going into the system, talk to, sorry, talk to professionals that are coming into the system to learn about people that have disabilities because a lot of the people when they come into the professions, when they come to the system, they don't know what it's like to work with somebody with a disability. So I do, and I've trained probably about uh, 2,000 people in the past few years just to get them learning about people that with disabilities that we are real and we are out here. Um, and the successful stories. Yes, we've seen some not successful stories, but I like to let them know that we have some successful stories out here.
0: And uh, I read in the book where you mentioned a group called Partners in Policymaking. Is that uh-huh. correct? So, so tell me about that group.
3: So we had a before. W- when we came, I got involved with that through the county. And I got involved with that because I wanted to do things better. And right before I had my little girl, there was a case, and it's all in my story, about a little boy named Marcus Faisal that actually lived in uh, Ohio, but he had family in Kentucky, and he had autism, and he went for a long weekend with his foster family. Wait, He had a family, and he was adopted into the system, and he had a foster family, and long story, sad story. Um, The little boy got burned in the fire. Uh, The foster family left him in the closet for a weekend. Is how he got burned in the fire. They didn't want to find his remains and things like that. So they made it harder for uh, people with this. It makes makes me sad because I don't want anybody to have anything like that. I think that people with disabilities should be out there and be known for their to be known. I mean, we all have we all struggles. Nobody's perfect in this world. And um just wanted to know that hey, there are people out here that have kids that with disabilities, but they have extra help and they can um do things better for their families.
0: Yes, that was a truly, truly tragic, horrific story. Um yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: tell me about your work with
3: T A S P stands for the Association for Successful Parenting the website is a chance to parent um, I have worked with them for oh my goodness since my Sarah right before my Sarah was born um, I got involved with them because of Partners and Policy actually um, because of Partners and Policy I had a lady that lived in Columbus which is about two hours from me say do you want to go to this um, uh, conference sorry my brain wasn't sinking for a second um, and I went with a lady I met a lady in the, the area where she was and I went with her to this conference and I have been involved with this organization for 15 years as a part of my life um, so we helped make sure that families get their uh, stories known because a lot of the families um, don't get their stories known. And we want uh, families to be out here and live successfully.
0: Okay. And what can people with disabilities do to advocate for themselves or what can people do to advocate for their children with disabilities? What are some things that people can do?
3: let me give you an example of a few things I've done. I telling my story in the book I think that helps get out there. Um, talking to people not just not just people in the book. I talk to people day not daily about weekly about my story with my Sarah just to make sure that things are getting taken care of. For example, we're still working on things my, Uh, Sarah's medical doctors don't understand. Some of her medical doctors are fellows, which are basically um, people going into from college to be doctors and things like that. And I still have issues because they don't understand people with disabilities. So advocate, advocate, advocate for your kids. That's what what, one big thing. Uh And we're working on making it better for them.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. Do you find the medical system a uh, challenge to navigate?
3: I Yes. And even when, when I have a dad and I have a grandfather, and my dad is retired and my grandfather is not living anymore, but I still have family nurses and stuff like that. Even with that, yes, absolutely. And I've learned to um, talk to them and just tell them about Sarah. And it makes sure that my Sarah comes first, make sure that person comes first. Um, Always.
0: Uh-huh. Did you get better at that over time? Was that hard for you to do in the beginning?
3: Um, There are still times that I have struggles with it. Uh, but uh-huh. yes, I'm always getting better at doing that.
0: Uh-huh. So would that be your advice to other people is just start. It'll get easier and better over time. Yep. And Excellent. your stories
3: can always change. They're not going to stay the same. They will be. They, they will get better. And every time you t- you t- tell your story, uh, I have people that I've told my story twenty thousand times, maybe. But a lot of times, and they they learn different things about me every single time that I present with them.
0: Uh huh. Great. Well, thank you for sharing your experience with with us, Lindsay. And I'll link to, uh, the organizations you mentioned in the show notes. And I appreciate you joining us today.
3: I appreciate you interviewing me. I hope everybody has a good day.
0: Thank you. If you like the podcast, remember to follow or subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you really like the podcast, we'd love it if you could leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. That helps more people to find us. If you really, really like the podcast, then please tell someone about it, either in person or send them an email or just share the link on social media. Thank you all. Every bit helps and it makes a huge difference for us. If you'd like a transcript, please send us an email to disrupt at gmail.com and put transcript in the subject line. Thanks to Steve Moore for helping us out with transcripts. Thanks to Chris Unkin for our theme music, Demand and Disrupt, is a publication of the Advocado Press with generous support from the Center for Accessible Living located in Louisville, Kentucky. And you can find links to buy the book, A Celebration of Family, Stories of Parents with Disabilities, in our show notes. Thanks everyone.
2: You say you've seen a change in me. Just for once I think I would've